welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDevitt. Today on Stories from the Heart, the true story of a young immigrant girl who finds it difficult to make friends in a new country. She feels totally alone until the presence of Jesus fills her heart. Stay tuned for another true story on Stories from the Heart. The Power of Prayer There is an eye that never sleeps beneath the wing of night. There is an ear that never shuts when sink the beams of light. There is an arm that never tires when human strength gives way. There is a love that never fails when earthly loves decay. That eye is fixed on seraph throngs. That ear is filled with angel songs. That arm upholds the world on high. That love is thrown beyond the sky. But there's a power that man can wield when mortal aid is vain. That eye, that arm, that love to reach, that listening ear to gain. That power is prayer which soars on high and feeds on bliss beyond the sky. to have a friend. Over 50 years ago, as a lonely immigrant girl to Canada, I had experienced so hard to describe that it took me many years even to try. Yet the story needs to be told, for it points up how intimately God knows His children. That October day in 1952, as I listened to the lunchtime chatter in my high school homeroom, the ache in my throat made it hard to swallow my meal of dark rye bread. Won't I ever belong, I thought. I was 15. Two years earlier, I had entered Lord Tweedsmere High in Surrey, British Columbia, a frightened newcomer from Germany. Shy and awkward anyway, I had been too ashamed of my limited English to reply when someone spoke to me. As the months went by, my English improved, but my sense of belonging did not. Everything about me was different from these outgoing Canadian girls. My accent my hand-me-down clothes, my thick blonde braids. Too beautiful to cut, my mother said when I pleaded that all the other girls wore their hair short. Even the lunch I brought from home. My classmates brought sandwiches on thin sliced white bread. I had thick black rye and jam. I was the odd one, the outsider. In two years, I'd made not a single friend. I stuffed my uneaten lunch back inside my desk and fled from the happy babble of the classroom. Through crowded halls, I pushed my way to the library. Books at least were my friends, but not that day. As I glanced up from reading, I saw through the window an ordinary scene. Two girls sat on the grass, heads together talking. Such longing rose inside me, I knew I was going to cry. Oh, to have a friend, just one friend, with whom I could sit and talk that way. I escaped from the library and dodged into the bathroom where I could lock the door and let the tears come. Lord Jesus, I am so lonely. 
To talk to Jesus was natural to me. I'd been taught that he cared for each of us personally. I'd gaze at paintings of him thinking how friendly he looked and how I'd have told him anything if I'd lived back then. After school, I stood as usual at the bus stop on the fringe of a knot of schoolmates. One of the girls turned to me. Helen, are you going to the school dance on Friday? I shook my head no. Why don't you come, she coaxed. I shut my eyes against a memory. At the last dance, I stood on the sidelines for what seemed hours. At last, a boy walked up to me. But what he did was to yank one of my braids, and everyone had laughed. No, I'd never put myself through that again. The girl beside me fell silent, then turned back to the others. I mounted the big yellow bus and scanned it for a seat by the window, where I could keep from meeting people's eyes. But the window seats were all taken. I slumped down beside a girl who smiled at me. She's friendly, I thought. I like to say something to friendly to her, but I was too tongue-tied. Throughout the half-hour ride, I said not a word. Close to tears, I stumbled off the bus and hurried into the farmhouse. As usual, our rented house was empty. Mother had been widowed in World War II, worked up to ten hours in the vegetable fields each day to support herself and us four children. Now come to think of it, my younger sisters and brothers seemed to have no trouble making friends in our new country. They were probably off playing with the neighbor's kids at this very moment. It was me. Something was terribly wrong with me. Dropping my books on the kitchen table, I ran into the bedroom, slammed the door shut, and fell across the bed. My body, so flat and long and lanky, shook with sobs. But then I sat upright. Someone else was in the room. Hastily wiping my eyes, I looked around. Nobody. But someone was here. I could feel it. Not someone. But someone. There was an R in that little room I could almost touch. Love such as I'd never felt before filled the space all around me. Jesus, I whispered, is that you? He answered not with an audible voice, but with a love so tangible I felt hugged. Although I saw nothing physical, an image burned itself into my mind. A friendly face with smiling eyes, so vivid that even today, 50 years later, I see them still. Eyes that danced and said, you know what, I like you, you're my special friend. As I sat there on my bed, the glorious, gracious words kept coming. Have you forgotten that you belong to me? I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm here with you now and will always be with you. Don't be ashamed. I love you just as you are. For a long time I sat there basking in love beyond my conceiving, hearing these words of unconditional acceptance. When my family came home, they found me humming as I was preparing the supper. The next morning I opened my eyes to find the joyful presence still filling the room as though he'd waited for me to wake up. When I boarded the yellow bus, he did too. During class, it was though he was standing beside my desk. We did math problems together. We wrote essays together. Even in gym class, which I'd always dreaded, I could feel him running beside me. At lunch break that day, one of my classmates asked me if I would help her with the problem. She hadn't understood the teacher and felt sure I had. Wondering why she'd singled me out, yet thrilled that somebody had, I slid over and made room for her at my desk, not even trying to hide my chunk of bread. Later at the bus stop, I stood with a familiar cluster of teens. My friend whispered, Aren't they a great bunch of kids? I also love them dearly. I turned to stare at them with new appreciation. Friendly eyes met mine. 
Later that week, some girls invited me to join the glee club, and I eagerly accepted. The fact that my peers now wanted to be with me never ceased to amaze me. One day, one of my sisters handed out the reason. Helen, what's happened to you? You're always so happy now. I looked at her in surprise. True, I was supremely happy, but I hadn't been aware that it showed. For three glorious months, my friend and I walked in this indescribable companionship. I never felt so completely believed in and understood. He was always smiling at me, a big smile of delight and approval, and it was impossible not to smile back at the world around me. Every morning when I got up, he was there. All day he walked beside me. In the evening, my last awareness was of him. Then, one dreadful morning, I woke up to an empty room. The joyful presence was gone, and panic seized me. Jesus, I cried. Silence. I must have sinned in some terrible way. Frantically, I searched my conscience. I confessed every sin I could recall and begged him to forgive my unknown ones. But the almost palpable sense of his presence did not return. Grief-stricken, I opened my Bible. Where were those words Jesus had spoken to me three months before, right in this room? I found them in the 13th chapter of Hebrews. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I saw the words, I believed the words, but I did not feel them, not the way I had before. Slowly I repeated the words, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Jesus, did you say never so that I might know today that you are still with me even though I don't feel you, I whispered. This glimmer of hope in time became a growing reality. No matter how I felt, Jesus is always with me. His love and acceptance are a fact independent of my moods and feelings. It was only much later that I understood this double gift Jesus gave to a clumsy immigrant girl. He came as a tangible presence to assure me of my value in his sight and to show me the value of friendship. Then he withdrew this special feeling. You will find me in my written word, he seemed to be saying, and in so many different ways. He stepped a little distance back to make room for faith and character to grow. And isn't that what a best friend would do? In honor of Our Lady of the Rosary for the month of October. Thee as our Queen we greet, and lay our lowly loving prayers like roses at thy feet. Would that those blossoms of our souls were far more fair and sweet. Queen of the joyful mysteries, glad news envied bore, the Baptist mother thou didst tend, angels thy babe adore, whom with two doves thou ransomed, lost he is found once more. Queen of the sorrowful mysteries, Christ mid the olives bled, scourged at the pillar, crowned with thorns, beneath his cross he sped, up the steep hill, and there once more, 
Thine arms embraced him, dead. Queen of the glorious mysteries, Christ from his tomb has flown, has mounted to the highest heaven and sent his spirit down. And soon he rises thee on high to wear thy heavenly crown. Queen of the holy rosary, we too have joys and woes. May they like thine to glory lend. May labor earn repose. And may life's sorrow and life's joys in heavenly glory close. Thank you for joining us in Stories from the Heart. Today's true story was written by Helen Leischeid and published in Guidepost Magazine. The poems came from The Young Catholic Messenger. For a copy of this or any of my stories, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For two years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.